Hello, hello. Welcome to Becca's World. Thank you all for joining us for another episode of The Blind View. And here is your host, Rebecca Meadows. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us today. Um, this is kind of a special episode of The Blind View because, as you guys know, we try to do the show on Fridays. Um, but today we're doing a special episode to talk about my most recent book because a few people have been reading it. And so we're doing like a roundtable discussion with some of these people to see what they're thinking about the book and what they're getting out of it and stuff like that. Because I've actually, a couple of them have reached out to me and told me what it, the kind of impact it's having on their minds and their thoughts. And I was pretty excited that that they're getting out of my writing exactly what I wanted them to get out of it. So I wanted to share this with my viewers too to try to get you guys to check it out. So let's get started. Um, how are you guys today? Do you want to finish first, Sailor? Yeah, doing well, doing well. I finished the whole book and uh, that's, I was so, so moved by those stories that you wrote in that book. It's just inspiring just how far you've come. Now, um, so in the book, ladies and gentlemen, Metamorphosis is six short stories. The first story is called Growing Hair on Your Chest. The second story is called The Trials of Tracy Jones. And that's the first story in the book that features a blind female character and her, her um, experiences in public high school with no accommodations and, and her victories and her, her perceived failures and the stuff she learns about herself you know, through those experiences. Um, and then the next story in that series, the, which would be the third story then, is um, called So What Now? And it's the story of Penny Plummer and her time between high school and move, like moving on to her higher education. Um, and it's, the, it's the story about the funny, or I, I don't know if funny is the right word, but the awkward situation she finds herself in during that two-year period where she learns just the craziest things about what the people in her life are thinking about her abilities. And, and she has to keep reminding herself of what her abilities truly are. And, and so that's what that story is about. And then it goes into the next story, which is called Saving Beth's Baby. And that's the story of Beth Green and her husband's fight to escape from an illegal guardianship that Beth is locked under in the state of Montana for 15 years. And, and it's called Saving Beth's Baby because during that struggle, Beth realizes that not only is she fighting for herself, but for her baby. Because she realizes that these villains who've been in her life for so long, that they're not only, they're not gonna stop with her, they'll, they'll even go after her baby if they have to, right? And so that's what that story is about. And then the next story, Gretch the Wretch, is about Gretchen Stone's experiences when she goes to her first National Federation of the Blind annual convention. And I, that story takes place in New or in Las Vegas at our last convention before the quarantine hit. Um, and so there's a lot of cool things in that story. Um, as the author, I've been to, I went to, I think, five different uh, national conventions before the quarantine. And so um, I have a lot of experiences going to national conventions. And so I kind of tied a whole bunch of my experiences together mm -hmm. and a lot of other cool things I've experienced as a blind woman, you know, into the story to 
kind of educate my readers, both my sighted readers and my blind readers about what our abilities are and as individuals and as humans, right? And as Americans, especially. So, um, um, and, and I think that's why Sailor was so inspired when he read it and when T why TP was so inspired when he read it. Um, because that's what I was trying to do with my book is I was trying to inspire my, my fellow, my friends, my friends who are also blind and my friends who are disabled and I have friends of different disabilities, right? And, and mostly even just my fellow Americans, because I've talked to a lot of people who, who don't have any visible disabilities who are struggle with things in their lives, right? So I tried to write this book in such a way that it would be uplifting and empowering to all. So I really hope everybody will check it out. So um, are we ready to get started, guys? Why, yes, but of course. Um, one okay. of the things uh, that before we even get deep into um, how, uh, how in-depth, uh wow okay let me start out with wow and the reason that yeah. i say that is because i know you personally and so mm -hmm. to to read this book and know the author the way that i do it's uh whoa wow you've been through a lot uh pretty genius too to tell be able to tell the story and switch things around to protect the guilty <laughs> you know, so that, you know, you can get the truth out without having to, you know, um, uh, upset a lot of people or explain to why other, a lot of people would be upset. But um, what I got out of the book uh, front to back was the um, being put in the position where you have to either be incredibly strong or break. And um, a lot of people would have broken. Uh, I, I can't say that I, I, I wouldn't have. I, I may have even broken uh, at that time, too. So uh, to uh, first suck it up, buttercup, uh, yeah, okay. And then later um, when Gretchen the Wretch is doing, you know, everything that she has to do, going through things, the convention and the whole nine yards, I I, I think that um, if you can't, if you read this and can't be inspired, you might want to check your post because you done already died. And ladies and gentlemen, the reason there is one more story in Metamorphosis after Gretchen's story, but Gretchen's story is the last story in Metamorphosis that features a blind character. And the reason I finished up with that story is because it was when I became a member of the National Federation of the Blind that I feel like one of the final pieces fell into place where I became, feel like I became a whole person and, and I was able to just take the world by the horns and, and get, you know, get business done and stuff. Right. And so that's kind of why I finished up with that story. Cause I wanted to end on like a really high note, you know, so, um, and this next book that I'm writing, changing my perspective, I'm almost done with my first draft on it. I tell the second part of Penny Plummer's story in it, I, which is I give a detailed account of Penny Plummer's time in the Community Bridges Program, which is the traumatic brain injury re rehabilitation program that she was locked up, or that she was taken to after she was locked under that guardianship. Um, and then I tell the next part of Beth Green's story, and it starts with talking about Beth's feelings of anguish after she lost in court, right? Because um, she loses in court. 
Um, and, and then it talks about, um, just how Beth turns it all around. And, and in that book, I also give details about Beth's time as a blind mother. I give details about, um, simple things like changing diapers and stuff as a blind mother. But then I also give, I talk about certain like special things that happen. Like I remember when my first son was like 18 months old, maybe 24 months old and a situation happened where he fell over the back of the couch and I was like sitting right beside him and my hand reached out right and grabbed his foot and even if I'd been fully sighted it would have been a miracle I think for me to reach out and grab his foot right but for me to be a, a legally blind visually impaired mother who sees crooked as all get out right to be able to go like that, I knew it wasn't me. I knew it had to have been God. And so in this book, I tell that story and, and I talk about, you know, just how that empowers me or how it empowered me at the time, right? And I share in the story, I share information about how I potty trained my children as a blind mother. In the story, Beth only has one child, right? But I myself have had two children so I combine all of the stuff I learned through both pregnancies and raising both children. I combine all the stuff I learned into one really great story there. Oh, okay. And, wow. And then, yeah. and then I also tell the next part of Gretchen Stone's story where she goes to her first NFB training center and gets her blind immersion training. And, and I think that'll be really good for all my readers to read because my sighted readers will learn a lot about what our abilities are as blind people and how we learn to do the things we learn to do in this story. And my blind readers who've never been to blind immersion training will learn a lot about what they can learn there and what an asset it could become in their lives by reading that story. Right. And, right. and so that's how I tell the second part of those women's stories in this book. And then in this book, I also um, share, I'm sharing two more stories in this book. Um, a, another book or another story that is called The Accident. And then I'm, the last story, well, I think The Accident will probably, when I wind up publishing it, The Accident will probably be the last story in the series. But the, the other story that I'm working on that I'm gonna put somewhere in the book is a story about writing, you guys. Because I've had a lot of people ask me over the years to give them just my advice about writing, just because I'm an amateur writer. And in passing, they ask me. And so I decided to, and since this is my fourth book now that I'm publishing, um, I decided to try to write in this book about my advice to amateur authors about how to get started writing their manuscript and how to edit their manuscript themselves and and how to how to I'm also going to include in there what I can about how to put your first book together and stuff like that maybe give them some self-promotion ideas because I I hired one of those self-publishing companies to publish my book for me and I really feel like I got ripped off and so just like in all my books I try to educate my readers I'm going to try to help them to educate them the best I can with what how to do it themselves the best they can you know as and as inexpensively as can, they can so 
Um, and I encourage my readers to stay tuned for my next book then. Like I said, it's called Still Busy Steering. And it'll probably be out by Christmas then because last year I remember I got, I finished the manuscript for Metamorphosis last August and we had it published by December. So that's what I'm thinking will happen with this one. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. Good deal. Um, what I didn't understand, though, is how um, an entire community can deprive one individual the basic needs. You know what I'm saying? One blind individual. We got one blind kid that can't, you know, don't even have a cane and, and, and no real support system of any type. And everybody in town was cool with that? So, Tiki, you have to understand where this took place, it's in a, a very rural farming community in north central Montana. And, and like, so there was no law enforcement in the town I was growing up in. The nearest law enforcement was 24 miles away from us, and that was the Liberty County Sheriff. And we were living in Hill County. So our sheriff was 35 miles in the other direction. Oh my. And so when the when the closest law enforcement is the sheriff and when the sheriff like so Dickie, I remember my mom was friends with I maybe I shouldn't say his name on here, but I knew the sheriff's name, even though I never met him, because I remember my mom talking about the sheriff, how he'd shake his finger at her when he saw her speeding down the highway. Right. And that right. was the closest law enforcement that I the, my only option of trying to get some kind of social services in there. You know, like, so social, like visual services from Haver did come to my house to try to teach me to use a cane at one time. And I remember my mother literally chased them off our property because my mother, my parents were scared of social services and, and stuff. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. both my parents were high school dropouts and, and, you know, people like that, they, sometimes they fear the government and that's what my parents were doing. They were fearing the government. Mm -hmm. And so it took a long time before I actually was able to get the help that I needed. Wow. You know, that's crazy. That's crazy. And and do you mention any of this in your book, How to Be Blind, like how you took care of children and stuff, or, or no? So, so, so I just told you in this next book that I'm about to publish, which is called Still Busy Steering, I okay. tell the second part of Beth's story, and in you know, in the first part of Beth's story, Saving Beth's Baby, she has her baby, right? She yeah. goes through all the pregnancy and stuff, and the baby's born, and, and all that stuff happens, right? And then they wind up uh, in, entangled in that legal battle with Beth's mother and Beth's guardian, Peter Robertson, right? Because right. in the story, remember, Pete sends, sends uh, Beth and her husband, Greg, that paperwork right or he right, he, yeah he, he actually slams it against his chest when they're having that argument right? right and so so that's what sets it all off and but in the story remember beth and her husband they lose that battle in court remember they lost right. and and so there there was life after that though and so as life goes on then the next i mean i didn't tell the next part of 
what happened in real life in there because my readers will have to read my other books to get the whole story, right? But I right. do share a lot of stuff in there to teach my readers. And just like all my stories, there's a, a beginning and an end to the story. And it, the whole story is full of really good stuff. Well, I mean, but this so, is like, some of the stuff is like so confusing. Like one of the things is you're a resident of one state, but then another state take all your rights from you. I, you know, how do they pull this Well, up? that's not confusing because of the way I wrote it. That's confusing because of what the state of Montana did to me. Because they're mm -hmm. the ones who kidnapped me and, and held me prisoner for 15 years. Because I was literally a resident of the state of Minnesota the night they locked me under that guardianship in 1997. Wow. Right. And, yeah. and, and so that was literally kidnapping. And, and, and what does a person do about it, though, when when they've got their parents and these lawyers dragging them into these, quote, private emergency court hearings? That's right there should never be allowed because that's illegal. I mean, how corrupt can a person can a can a, a government get right to allow that stuff to go on? And so but that's why I've been writing my books is because ever since well, I had to fight for 15 years to get free of that guardianship. And ever since the day I walked out of court, it's been my mission to get even with those lawyers by telling the world what they did to me. And in the process, I've realized that I can also teach the world about what they, their abilities they have inside them and about how to like make the right connections and get stuff done in their lives. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's why I also try to empower my readers with my books and also give them valid information about where they can get the same training and stuff that the characters in the books are getting and stuff. And oh, very and much the same successes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. And so it's my prayer that more people read the books because everybody who reads the books, whether they're blind or sighted, can get a lot out of them. And and. And like I said, that's my prayer. And you know, ever since I became an author and I started telling people I was an author, my blind friends always say, how many books have you sold or how much money have you made on your book sales? But that's not why I write. Mm -hmm. I write to teach. And, right. and so, and, and I know that because my heart is to teach that God will make it happen. God will make the book sales come. And my book sales are growing. I know that. I don't know by how much because I haven't bothered to check the numbers. But I mean, I just know because more people are telling me, hey, I read your book. Hey, I read your book. And I told so-and-so. And you know what I mean? And right. so as long as people keep reading my books and keep enjoying my books and then keep telling other people about them, that's that's all I need out of life. I don't need a lot of income to to feel successful. I just want to mm -hmm. know that people are reading my books and getting stuff out of them. So that's great. That's great. No, no. And, that's, and question, um, I imagine you just use Microsoft Word to write your books, your manuscripts, right? Yes. And, and my, and the talking program that I use is JAWS. I use JAWS and I use Microsoft Word. Oh, you don't, I see you don't use NVDA too, right? Just JAWS. No, just JAWS. I've never been trained on NVDA. I was a JAWS user before I went to my blind immersion training. And I know at blind immersion training, NVDA was one of the programs they were teaching to people. But since I already had prior experience with JAWS, they just gave me more JAWS training and made my JAWS skills even better. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. Yeah, because NVDA and JAWS, they're 
they they have some differences, but they're very similar too. You know. Uh, they're both better than Dragon. Dragon naturally speaking, yeah. Do you use Dragon naturally speaking, TP? You're used that to that. That was the first program that I that I learned how to use. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I rather use voiceover. See, Same I, here. I was already. I already learned. I already knew how to type, and I loved typing before Dragon Naturally Speaking even came out. So when Dragon Naturally Speaking came out, a whole everybody I knew said, "Hey, Becca, you should use that." And I said, "No, I'm not going to use that because I'm not going to talk to my computer. I just love typing." So, so right. I was really glad when I learned how to mm-hmm. use Jaws because then I was able to, you know, edit my own work and stuff. So well, it takes a lot of time for me. It took a lot of time for me using Dragon because of, I guess. You know, I, I guess my vernacular is different, so it mm-hmm. changes words, add words that I didn't really say. Yeah. You know, I spend more time correcting what it, the mistakes that it made than actually oh. creating a, a project. Yeah, and that happens to me when I try to dictate messages to people. So I rarely dictate messages. I, I always just put my phone into Braille screen input and I enter whatever. Me- information I need to enter into text or anything because my my phone never understands my dictation either. Yeah. Right. So if my viewers know Braille, that's another thing that's really a lot of fun to use is Braille screen input on the iPhone. And I've done videos demonstrating it before. And so if you haven't seen those videos, I encourage you to go up to Beckles World and watch them because I give like a really good tutorial about Braille and screen Braille screen input and I demonstrate it and I I give like a verbal description of what I'm doing with my fingers and stuff too and so um, and I've got a lot of people well everybody who's watched it I haven't seen any bad comments on there so um, and it's I think it's the most popular video I've done so I encourage my viewers to check mm-hmm. that out right well, I didn't know you had that video up so I'll probably... yeah. you didn't know that I had this video up about Braille screen input no, so I'll go take a look at it. Oh yeah, it's it's a great video. And so I think I actually have two Braille screen videos up because I did one early on, like before the quarantine, I think. And I think I just put another one out within the last six months because I love the first one so much. And I was getting like, even a year, over a year later, people were still finding that first video on Braille screen and putting commenting on it. So I did another one within, like I said, within the last six months, maybe it was in March, I don't remember. Um, so if you haven't yet, ladies and gentlemen, please be sure that you're subscribed to Becca's world and please go up and watch our videos because even our, even our first video, all our videos are still valid today because in every one of them we're teaching. Right. And, right. and it, as if you have an open mind and heart to be taught, you can always learn something valuable. Um, and, and blind people have a lot of valuable stuff to teach the world. Just FYI. Oh yeah. Uh one of the things is just uh uh free will to succeed, you know. That's right. Yep. Cuz uh, a lot of people would give up uh, uh on life and everything else going through what we've been through. TB, have you gotten any further trying to get a hold of your voc rehab counselor? Um, no. I, I left a couple of messages. It seems like everybody's working from home and using cell phones right now. Yeah, but that should make it easier for them to get back to you, I would think. You would think, but um, the, the guy that I was dealing with um, before I went to Wisconsin, I, the number's not no good anymore. 
So, so do what you I'm have the do, main number for Voc Rehab? Yeah, but it keeps hanging up. I'm going to call Savvy and see if Savvy can direct me to an exact Voc Rehab counselor that can mm. get me in. Yeah. Okay, TP. Yeah. I'll also see what I can do to help you out. Because I have numbers in my notes, but um, they're, they're not any good. I mean, I just got those numbers before I went to Wisconsin. So, you know, I could also give you Sharonda's number because Sharonda's working at Savvy again here in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And I think she might be working with folk rehab. But if she's not, she should be able to turn me yeah, on to the right me, person for sure. Right, get me to the right people. So I'll, I'll send you Sharonda's number when I get off the air, okay? Okay, thank you. Okay. Hey, um, so Tam- Tamara and Sailor, how are yeah. you guys doing? Doing oh, well. Really good. And actually, okay, I, so Becca, I'm getting ready to do a do my show tonight on Intervision FM at 6 p.m. Central, uh, 4 p.m. your time. Uh-huh. So I'm hoping uh-huh. you can tune in. It's going to be the pop music show. I'm going to play today's pop hits and go all the way back to the 80s. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, there are a couple of things, I, a couple more things I want to discuss with our viewers while I have your guys' attention. Um, and first of all, the first thing is that, did anybody notice that Nancy Pelosi went to... Uh, what's it? Um, ah, somebody help me here. Um, she went to, ah, oh my gosh. To, ah, just give me a minute. But Gino, Taiwan, Taiwan, yeah. So, so I wanted to commend Nancy Pelosi for her courage for going to Taiwan and for her her staff members who went with her because that took a lot of courage. And and so I wanted to commend Nancy Pelosi for that because like I said, I was really impressed. I didn't know if she would do it in, at the very end and she did. Um, and she went and to Taiwan for? She went to Taiwan, well, to basically show support for the Taiwanese government and the Taiwanese people because they're a democratic government and uh, China is threatening their sovereignty and threatening their people and stuff. And so by going there, Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi thumbed her nose at the bullies in the Chinese government and she stood by an ally of ours, you know? And so I I thought it was really good. And so I wanted to commend Nancy mm-hmm. Pelosi for that. And I don't find a lot of things to commend Nancy Pelosi on. So no. <laughs> this is no, quite no, notable. And then there's one more thing I want to discuss with you guys. So have you guys heard of Brittany Griner? Who? Brittany Griner. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's the athlete, the basketball player. Yep. Yeah, yeah she's got what? nine years over in Russia for having a vape pen, for having a yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That, isn't this sick? I mean, it's she just, just had a, a, a TAC cartridge and got nine years. Yeah, yeah. So listen to me, you guys. Listen to me. I wonder if I wonder if the Russian government is persecuting her because of her sexuality, because you know she's a lesbian. Well, I mean, what did that got to do with anything? No, but listen. So most of these other countries, they're not as accepting and and you know of everything as we are here in the United States. Like like a lot of these Middle Eastern countries, 
like there are anti like homosexuals and stuff right right and since 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 russia is um well i don't know if they are right now but they have been um uh, you know they violated human rights in the past other human rights Mm -hmm. i'm just wondering if that's one reason why the russian government is picking on britney is because of her sexuality and and it really upsets me and i i really think our government should be standing up for her yeah but i mean i'm with you on that um i i i get it but let's say she didn't have a tac cartridge they wouldn't have anything to hold on you know they can't they can't lock her up for being gay so they give her a nine years for having a TAC cartridge just because she gave. TP, you're black. TP, you're black. You're Am black. I? So you're you're telling me that that if a cop pulls you over, that you don't believe that they'll find, they'll work until they can find something to to trump up some charge to trump up against you just to persecute you because you're black. Well, when cops pull me over, I've I had them so do it to me because I'm black. Well, I, I, I get I, real gas. I've, I've had people do it to me because I'm blind. I'm sure they've done it to you because you're black. And what if they're doing it to Britney because she's gay? You yeah, know, I don't know. I don't know why, Al, unless the Russian government is trying to pick a fight with the United States. Why did they hold her in the first place? Unless they realize this woman is gay and this is our chance to whatever, persecute this woman or whatever. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. like I said, these other countries, like I said, especially the Middle Eastern countries where the, because the, the, um, the hardcore Islamic faith is, teaches that homosexuals are bad, right? And like a lot of other people are bad. So they kill homosexuals in a lot of those countries. And so I'm just wondering if this is just a, for, uh, one way that the Russian government can persecute Britney be, for being gay. You know what I mean? And and so it really upsets me that our, like I said, our government's not stepping up for her. Um, Boy, that's a whole I, lot I of hate for sexual would. preference. Dude! Yeah, that's a lot of hate for why, sexual preference. Why, why else would they be doing it? Because from the beginning, this, this uh, charge of of drug possession for this cartridge of, of, it wasn't even THC, it was CBD, this cartridge of CBD. The charge was sounded completely bogus and trumped up from the beginning just to hold her for something. That's and that's why I think CBD. they had a different motive. What? And that's even worse than the, the marijuana charge. It's only CBD. Right, that but see, that's what I'm saying. That's hot. That's what they're holding her on is because they found a CBD cartridge in her luggage, and to me, it was obviously trumped up. From for the first time I heard about it, it sounded trumped up to me. So I figured that she'd get off. And the fact that they actually pers like prosecuted her and sentenced her to nine years, right for CBD. Oh my God, I'm no for brain. for us. For a CBD in her in her for a CBD cartridge in her luggage. Mm. What did you say, TP? You don't know where her brain is. I know her mind has got to be going nuts right now. I mean, wow. I got yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. And where is our government on this? Why why is the the um I don't know the Secretary of Defense or somebody like that not talking to somebody in the Chinese government and 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 like lobbying on this young girl's behalf and advocating for her release. 
Yeah, this sounds mm-hmm. like a job for Camilla, Kamala Harris. That's exactly what I'm talking about. What's wrong with all these women in this government? Yep. Right. Right. They should go I get mean, they're supposedly for women to protect women, to support our rights, our rights to be free and productive and like equal citizens, right? Well, the Russian government is not treating Brittany as an equal citizen. Well, I mean, they don't have to because they're not in America. Well, but the American government should be coming to Brittany's defense and to Brittany's assistance. Her parents, like, so. not only when you said what Brittany must be going through in her mind, yeah, that's right. But think about her parents, too, and her friends and family here in the United States. I'm sure there's a whole group of people that are praying for her and fighting for her and making phone calls and trying mm-hmm. to get stuff accomplished. And it's a, you know, when I, when they locked me under that guardianship, I it was like being locked in a prison cell in the the key thrown away right and right. i didn't know if i'd ever escape from it and i did so if britney sees this i just want you to know Brittany, i am praying for you i am praying that you will be released from your prison cell just like i finally got released from my prison cell because i know what it's like to be locked down and not to have any rights but to have it happen to you in a foreign country especially yeah. a country with a history like russia i mean she's got to be so terrified yeah and uh what was the business uh what was her business over there in the first place you know she well she was a wnba she's a wnba player and so Mm -hmm. i think she was there with a group of wnba players and Mm -hmm. when it when they checked her luggage they was when they found the the thing or the cartridge so they that's when they chose to hold britney and i think no as far as I know, nobody else in her party was held by the Russian government. And I'm not sure if all of them came back to the States. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them remained behind in Russia to try to, you know, advocate for Brittany. I can't imagine mm-hmm. going over there with a group of friends and leaving one behind, you know? Right. So, right. so this was um, more of a, a, a social visit. Well, social, well, it was, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure it was affiliated with the WNBA, which is the Women's National Basketball Association. It's not like a social club. It's like, well, the, the NBA is just Hello. as serious. The WNBA is just as serious as the NBA. Absolutely. You know? so. I'm still is here. Sailor? What's going on, Sailor? Yeah, I'm still here, just so you all know. Mm. Okay. So, Sailor, Sailor... Do you, yes. Sailor, do you have anything to comment about Brittany Griner's situation in Russia? Oh, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I guess the government's not treating us just as equal, you know, as, as they should. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I mean, is Tamara still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Yep. Okay. What were you going to say, TP? Well, I'm, I mean, like, it's, it's different, like, being black in America is tough enough. But when I drove a semi-truck um, back in the day, I took freight over to Canada. And I got uh-huh. over there, and I was treated pretty badly. And it wasn't for being black. It was for being American. For being wow. an American? Yeah, just for being oh. American. They, they didn't treat me bad for being black, which was something I, you know, could expect. But they treated me bad because I was American. Wow. 
X so what year? What years was that, TP? This was like uh, early two thousands. Really? Yeah, like old two, old three. Because when I grew up near the Canadian border, our interactions with the Canadians were always positive and and friendly. Like we had a lot of com- Canadians that came down into our community, and there were a few times when we'd go up to the up to Canada and shop and stuff like that, and. People were always friendly back and forth. So nah, I was getting I my wonder. trailer unloaded in Canada one time, and um, I wanted a beverage or some, a snack or something. And I went to the, uh, the 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 machine, the vending machine, and uh, it took oh. Canadian money, and I didn't know that. And so it kept giving me my money back. I'm like, "What's wrong with the machine?" And the dude was all yelled at me, and you know, you need a loon, and I'm like, "Well, what is a loon?" You know, and you know. <laughs> I, I didn't know all this stuff, and then he, you know, he yelled like I was incredibly stupid, and then he gave me Canadian money to get, uh, you know, my things out of the vending machine. But I was like, wow, I mean, that's a whole different type of racism. Well, it's not even racism because uh, to be American ain't to be a race. You know what I'm saying? So it's, he was hating it's, on America. It's, it's like culture, culturalism. It's prejudice against you because your culture. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so so like I said, when I was growing up in North Central Montana, we had a lot of Canadians that came down into our communities and spent money and stuff. So we had a lot of Canadian currency that was floating around. And I remember, like, if I would drop a Canadian dime in the pot machine, it would spit it back out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like what you're talking about. Yeah, so. But, but, but merchants, when you were paying merchants, they never batted an eye about getting a Canadian change, you know? Um, yeah. And I never had any Canadian paper money, but like I had Canadian quarters and Canadian dimes and stuff like that when I was a kid. And, and like I said, all our merchants accepted that stuff. It was just the machines that would spit them back out. Yeah. When I was a kid, we used to get Canadian coins every time we went over to Detroit. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm just saying that's just a, a different way. Like you know, being out of the country, people treat you badly just because you're American. So, so guys, can I tell you about a friend of mine who was from Canada that I was fortunate to meet? I sure, actually met ahead. her at the deaf. I actually met her at the deaf and blind school in Great Falls, Montana. In let's see, 1990, I think it was. Um and. Her name was Angie and we were like the same age. And so we got to be roommates at our, in our dorm. And, and I remember sometimes her parents would drive down from Canada and see her and stuff. And it was always really awesome seeing um, Angie's parents uh, and what were their names? Gail and Robin were her mother and father's names. And, um, and I won't say Angie's last name, but I actually tried to find her on Facebook. And there's so many Angeline Robin blanks. I'm not going to say her last name on Facebook in Canada. And since I couldn't see the pictures, I had no prayer of finding her. And I, I even remember her parents lived in Brooks, Alberta, right? And so I even tried to narrow the search to Brooks, Alberta, and I still couldn't narrow it down far enough to even get close to figure out which, uh, Angeline Robin blank she was um but um yeah so so Mont- growing up in Montana like I said we were really closely associated with the Canadians and 
anyway, they're just cool people. Um, yeah. So wait, uh, Rebecca, just I want to give a straight. Uh, I know you're originally from Minnesota, but did you did you go to school in Minnesota as well? Um, so I'm originally from Minnesota. I was born in Little Falls, Minnesota. And when I was three months old, my mother left my father and went out to Montana. Oh, okay. Um, and I then see. I wound up, I, she had some more kids, but then she eventually met my stepfather who married her and raised all of us like his own. Um, and that's how I wound up staying and growing up in Montana. And I'm really thankful that my stepfather came into our lives and that he was there for us because I really feel like the the growing up, the life we had growing up on the High Line was really unique. And mm-hmm. and um, and and I write about wrote about that in Metamorphosis, which is one reason why. Yeah. You guys mm-hmm. enjoyed yeah. it so much. Yeah, because you were yeah. able now, to connect with that, Becca. Like, I don't want to ask too many like questions about you because I want to say I want to save them for uh, when you're on my okay. show tomorrow. So, okay. Yeah, I want. to, Yeah, so well, of course, okay. we you can tell me much more tomorrow when we do a pod, when you do a podcast with me because uh because uh, I want to tell y'all um my podcast is called Hope Without Sight. Um, I'm working with this company called Amplify You. They're based out of Canada. And um, uh, we are looking at launching my podcast on all platforms uh, tentatively by the end of September, but hopefully, of course, sooner if all possible. And so, for instance, what you and I are going to record tomorrow, Becca, will be mm-hmm. on the platforms eventually. And like last week, I was Tamara. I recorded my first episode with Mark and Marie last week. Oh, cool! Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so what I'm doing is I'm 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 gonna do my first, first four episodes before official launch date. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Becca, you know, thank you for agreeing to be on 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 my show tomorrow, episode number two. So. Oh, oh, of course, Sailor. That's I'm looking awesome. forward to it. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So, hey, let's take a quick commercial break, guys. Okay. Okay. Let's stay with us, okay. ladies and gentlemen. Hey, everybody. I wanted to share with you the great news that you can now get all three of my books on digital download, Audible, or Amazon print on demand, or on Audible. You can get my first book, Because You're Blind, which is the story of how I woke up. In 1989, at the age of 12 years old, totally blind, severely brain injured, severely brain injured and paralyzed on the left side of my body, and overcame that and a lot of other stuff. And then my second book, Changing My Perspective, is the story of how I overcame a lot of trauma that I was feeling the day I walked out of court on January 25th, 2012, after escaping from that illegal guardianship I was locked under for 15 years in the state of Montana. And then you can also get my latest book, Metamorphosis, which is my first fiction book. In this book, there are six short stories, each of them about a different blind character that overcomes a lot of obstacles in her life. And it 
kind of ties into my own experiences, but I teach a lot in this book about how I overcame everything that I've overcome. And so I really encourage my readers to check it out. And I've gone out of my way to make all three of my books accessible to everybody. So please check them out. And if you could do me the favor of going up to Amazon and writing a review, I would really appreciate it. Um, and you can email me at info at bluebutterflyenterprises.com if you want to get more information. And now back to the show. 118%. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, there's one more thing I want to discuss with you before we end the show today. And that is who I am supporting. Can you stop that, please? Can you shut that off, please, so my viewers can hear me? Thanks. That is loud, yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Thanks for shutting it off, Sailor. Um, no, no, that anyway, wasn't me. Wanted... That wasn't me. That wasn't me. Oh, whoever that was, thanks for it shutting me. it off. Okay. Well, anyway, so guys, I'm going to say this real quick. So, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to let you know that right now our country is going through a lot, and we can make changes through our voting. So, everybody should get out and vote in November. And today, they're doing the primary here in Arizona. And even though I'm not voting in the primary, I want you guys to know that I am supporting Carrie Lake for governor and McMaster's for Senate in this state. Okay? Yeah, Republican all the way, Becca. I'm with Amen. You. Yep. Woo. Yep. And I can't and wait to vote for President Trump in 2024. I just yeah, Becca. I'm with so. you, President Trump, 2024. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Yep. President Trump definitely has a lot Becca. of fans in the wine community. I am Becca. I am with you all the way, one hundred percent. I mean, I don't want to go into too deeply with this, but I think there was something very wrong with the election two years ago. And you know, the theft was so blatant here in Arizona that even a blind woman, such as myself, saw it. And I wrote about that in the book I'm about to release, changing my perspective, or still busy, or what is it called? Um, still busy steering. Yeah. This book I'm yeah. about to release called Still Busy Steer, and I wrote about it in there. Wow. So, I, anyway. Anyway, thank you for joining us today on Becca's World, ladies and gentlemen. Please be sure that you are subscribed so you don't miss any of our future videos. Because we, I think we have some more videos coming, about, coming out from the convention still. Maybe one or two more. Um, and we always have other fun things going on here. So please be sure you are subscribed so you don't miss any important announcements. Um, and thank you so much for joining us today. Please like, share, and hit the subscribe button. Peace out, y'all. That's a wrap. Thank you, Sailor, <laughs> TP, and Tamara. Thank you for watching Jackie's World. Please like, share, and subscribe to my channel. Hey, Becca. Yeah, I don't know. Something was up with TP's. I had to mute him. It was like all sorts of noise was coming. And Oh, was that from TP's? Yeah. I didn't know where it was coming from. Okay, thank you for doing that, Gino. All right. Thank you for your participation, yeah. guys. Are, are you just now Same putting in your earbuds? No, I'm just now taking Oh, you're taking them out? Oh, okay. So, yeah, Becca, I'm trying to see if I should go with Zoom or StreamYard tomorrow because because with StreamYard, StreamYard, I can go on YouTube as well at the same time. Yeah. Okay, well then go ahead and use StreamYard. Now, what time are well, we doing the thing tomorrow then? Is it, it's 8 o'clock? 8 o'clock. 
What time? No, but eight o'clock my time. So that's six o'clock at night. Yeah. Oh, back of the primary already happened, by the way. Yeah, it was so, today, right? No, it was so yesterday. I, so oh, okay. well, what else? you missed so, yeah. out. You didn't vote. Becca, actually, well, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to. Election. Yeah. So yeah, Becca, I'm just trying to ask, like, do you, which one would you recommend, Zoom or Streamyard? Me? Yeah. For us to do tomorrow. Um, I don't. Well, so, are you planning on streaming it live to your to somewhere? Uh, no, not yet. No. Well, then I would just use Zoom. Okay, and we'll do Zoom. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Okay. Thanks, Taylor. Bye bye. Taylor. Bye bye. Alexa, what time is it? The time is two forty-six p.m. Open Facebook. <laughs> 